just a people party. Live from the blue note. 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 Come on. Peace and love, party people. It's Talib Kweli, the BKMC. You are now in tune with the world's best podcast. And we keep going on and on and on. As we continue on, rest in peace, Frank Jigger. You know what I'm saying? The People's Party. That's right. Today, we are still in New York City at the legendary Blue Note. We've been having a good time. Thank you for everybody who's been following the movement. Word is bond. Of course, today, we're still going to do the deep dives on a New York City artist because, you know, we was in L.A. for a long time. And uh, we didn't get a lot of New York City artists. So today's guest represents New York City hip-hop to the fullest, but not just New York City hip-hop, the world of hip-hop in general. Our guest today is one of the most renowned, iconic figures in music. He's not just a big influence on me. He's a huge influence on the whole culture. He is one half of the legendary hip-hop duo Mob Deep. He is consistently ranked as one of the top best hip-hop producers of all time. But let's not let that overshadow the fact that he's an incredible lyricist. He set the bar with his beats and his lyrics in terms of how New York City is supposed to sound. With Mob Deep, he's given us an unparalleled run of albums that include Juvenile Hell, The Infamous Hell on Earth, Murder Music, Infamy, America's Nightmare, Blood Money, The Infamous Mob Deep, Word is as a solo artist, we got The Kush, Hidden Files, 13, The Silent Partner with Alchemist, and The Name of Prodigy with the homie Flea Lord, Extreme Measures, Dark Low, Future of the Streets with Nice to Future, and a new joint with my man Styles P. He has iconic tracks with Jadakiss, Notorious B.I.G., Nas, Little Kim, LL Cool J. They sleep on his production. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Havoc, for Mob Deep, and a place to be. Peace. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Word. Thank you for doing this with us. Nah, thank you for having me. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. It's been a long time coming. Yes, a long time. Um, this show is designed to give people like you your flowers. Thank you. So we appreciate you. Appreciate you. Now, we just sat down and you told me that your cousin worked with my moms? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my cousin, he's a, a professor in, in college and mm -hmm. uh, I think, I believe it's in... Queens or somewhere, I, I forget where it's at. But um, he was like, yo, you know, I work with um, Kali's moms. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he was like, yeah, she's the boss. And she is I the was boss. Like, for real? Wow. So it's a small world. Yeah, shout out to Dr. Brenda Green. And then I, I shared with you that the world is even smaller than we thought because my cousin Noel was on one of the Mob Deep album covers. And that was a moment for me in hip hop that made me feel like I could make it. I'm like, look at <laughs> Noel sitting there with Mob Deep. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, we call him Money No because I was like, Noel. I'm like, Money No? I like, didn't know that. You know, it's word. funny because you grow up with people and you have these childhood experiences with them. And yeah. then when. Uh, they become men, they put away childish things True and they indeed. develop their own life. Like, I haven't really seen the one in a long time. This was wow. my guy when we was kids. I used to go, his his father's mm -hmm. my godfather. Um, mm -hmm. I used to spend a lot of time with them. But even this conversation makes me want to tap in with family more because I didn't even know he called himself Money Note. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Word up. Word is bond. Word is bond. Um, so you were born in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like myself. Yep. But raised in Queensbridge. Yes, indeed. So much that you were associated with Queensbridge, the 41st side of things. Yes. How did you get from Brooklyn to Queens? Well, you know what I'm saying? My, my mother, you know, uh, she her family was raised in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when she had me, you know, uh, initially she moved, she was living in, her and her sister was living in Marcy Projects. Okay. So, you know, I was there for like, you know, the first year of my life. And then, you know, she moved to Queens. No doubt. 
No doubt. Project to project. Project to project, for real. Where's Bond? Um, Queensbridge, Marcy is famous in Brooklyn for just being Marcy. And Word. of course, Jay-Z. Um, but Queensbridge, that might be the most famous projects of all time. So largest projects in America. Mm -hmm. um, what were the highs and lows of living and growing up in Queensbridge? Um, I would say the highs, the highs in you know growing up in Queensbridge was like all of the friends that I had. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was it was one big city. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like a city inside of a city. Yeah, a city within a city in Long Island City. And you know you you just get wow. To so it's a city inside <laughs> of a city inside in, of a city in, in, inside of Long Island City. <laughs> and uh. You know, just growing up, we had a lot of fun. We didn't even realize that we was, you know, all that poor and all of that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? We just had fun. But, of course, when you get older and then, you know, the the cons, mm -hmm. you know, when uh, you standing next to somebody that got beef and they just getting shot at, and you, you know what I'm saying? You, shots is going off without no warning. You know, those are the, the, the hazardous aspects of it. But, you know, we survived. Word. It's crazy you say that because... The Projects, when they first built, were designed for better living right. for white people across the country. <laughs> um, but then, you know, you had, of course, you know, white flight uh, when black people started getting a little bit of money and black people started moving in projects and white people lead the projects. And then once black, once the projects in the country become black, then we don't have the resources anymore. Right. Um, shout out to Marley Ma and all the artists from Queens. Um, the realist... With Coogee Rap, mm. such an incredible mm. mob deep record. Coogee mm. Rap was an OG, a veteran at that time, but his verse sound like a young, hungry dude. Word, straight up. I mean, you know, G Rap, I remember listening to him like back in 88, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? When, when, when dudes were slinging crack, like, mm -hmm. it, like it was in full swing, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And he was like the, the, like the voice of that era. And for the, to have him, on that record with us, I mean, that just kind of like, it, I was in awe. What was it like seeing the juxtaposition of admiring mm -hmm. the flashiness of the street culture, mm -hmm. but also at the same time you had hip hop like G-Rap, like the okay. Juice Crew, like Shantae and them documenting this stuff? I mean, it, it was priceless, you know, to, to have that, to, to have a front row seat mm -hmm. to that, to see... You know, Molly Mall, sister living on my block, mm -hmm. to see Roxanne Shantae coming through and, you know, projecting the lyrics that they was projecting, it was uh, an inspiration, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Just to, to see it, to have that front row seat. Juice Crew is so important. Very important. Um, Nikki, can you, I want to ask Nikki a question. If, can you pull up a chair here to, to, next to Seth? Um, this is my friend Nikki Duncan Smith. She's a hip hop aficionado, and oh, you know Nikki. Yes. Indeed. Okay. 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 Um, Nikki, you was telling me something about have grandfather, right? Can you tell me what you were saying? I was saying um, having um, has an iconic grandfather, mm -hmm. and what blows my mind is that he also had an iconic partner who had an iconic grandfather. And if, you know, the overlap of that musical genius through their, their genealogy, you know, both of them were iconic musicians, their grandparents, and yeah. then to find out that they were in a group. And yeah, that's crazy. 
iconic musicians. It's crazy. So both you and P grandfathers were jazz musicians? Yeah, but I didn't know that my grandfather was a, a jazz musician until just now, you know what I'm saying? Really? And, and I didn't even get a chance to tell Prodigy that. Because, um, you know, growing up for, you know, when I was growing up, I was raised by somebody that wasn't my biological father, but he was my pops, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He he raised me. But I always was on a quest to find, you know, who my biological father was. So in that search, I found out that my bio biological father's father was this uh, legendary jazz musician by the name of uh, Bill Dixon. Wow. And, you know, I, that kind of... That, that that messed me up in the head, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and and then everything just kind of all started making sense, you know what I mean, about, you know, my love for music and, you know, it's in my DNA. That's crazy. That makes a lot of sense. The early Mob Deep records, you know, your production style, you could go anywhere. You could do underground hip-hop, you could do pop, you could do R&B, you could go anywhere. But those early Mob Deep records had a lot of popping and scratching on those records. There's a lot of dirt, actual physical dirt <laughs> and grime <laughs> on the records. I've heard you talk about broken records on the floor of your yes, apartment. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And you sampling like fucked up dirty ass Word. jazz records. Yeah, they just like right there on the, on the floor and I'm just grabbing them and just like, all right, just go, just go, just go. Mm -hmm. And you know, the record got that, that, that grimy feel. And it's grimy, but, you know, jazz was looked at as grimy when, you know, we look at Jasmine as part of the American experience and the mm -hmm. greatest music, uh, musical contribution besides hip-hop. Mm -hmm. you know, really just black music in general, blues, right. jazz, right. Uh, gospel, all of that. But it's crazy to me that your fathers were jazz musicians and then y'all end up in the projects uh, in a situation where you're not supposed to make it. You're right. not supposed to make it out nope. of there, but somehow you take these jazz, not even knowing your pops was into mm -hmm, jazz, mm -hmm. you got jazz on your floor. Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You sample it, and y'all create these sonic landscapes, and now we're here at the jazz club at the Blue Note talking about your career. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it's like, it's like the ancestors just giving us that little nudge to succeed, you know what I yeah. mean? And You know, from the other side. I mean, I can't see it no other way. Where, where does Bond? Now, let's talk about School of Art and Design. Word. It's a lot of fly shit going on. <laughs> New York City high schools is a whole different thing Straight than the up. rest of the country. Yeah. Straight up. Q-Tip was going in. Um, no, was Q-Tip at? He was at Bur Murray Bertram. Oh, my mm -hmm. God, yeah. um, But Art and Design, that's where you met Prodigy at, that's, right? That's, that's where I met P. Mm -hmm. um, 57th Street and 2nd Avenue. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I was in awe going to that school because I, I went to school with so many great artists. I mean, we was kids, but these dudes was drawing like grown people, like mm -hmm. grown folks, you know what I mean? And those are the people that I, I went to high school with. I loved it. And uh, to this day, I, I, I'm thankful that I went there. And like you said, New York school is on a whole nother level. Like, there's a lot that we don't have when we come from the hood, but one thing that we could count on sometimes is some high schools that, you know, to propel us to another level. Yeah, I went to Brooklyn Tech. And we used to come you know to I mean? schools like Art and Design to go look at <laughs> get phone numbers. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm mean? saying? I would cut school and go to somebody else's high school. Straight up. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. No doubt. Um, I heard you talk about how Prodigy had mad jewelry on. Word. He knew he was going to be a rap star. I, I don't know if he knew he was going to be a rap star, but he looked like one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, when I first met him, he looked like Baby Slick Rick because he had all that jewelry and you could hear him coming up the stairs or through the hallway. <laughs> you know, I used to be like, yo, who the fuck is that? Like, who, you know what I'm saying? Like, who that? You know, right. we had friends in common, and so so we met eventually. Okay, 
And y'all started Poetical Prophets. Yes, we did. It's a great name for a rap group. <laughs> I, I, I get a lot of, you know, flag for it, but... <laughs> yeah. It's a good name. <laughs> I love it. I still stand by it. We the Poetical Prophets. That's right. That's fine. It's, it's better than uh, Farrell Monch and Prince Poetry first group name. What's that? Simply Too Positive. Simply Too... He said Paul C. told him, you can organize confusion, bro. <laughs> now, um, rest in peace to Prodigy. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but you lost a brother very young. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to your brother. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about if this is true? If the, do you feel like that loss helped you prepare for losing Prodigy? Um, I definitely wouldn't say that it helped, it prepared me. Mm -hmm. I would say that the loss of the loss of my brother at that age, it kind of made me cold. Mm. You know what I mean? It did, you know, it just made me like, like really not, you know, other people's pain. I probably didn't really feel it. Um, How old were you? I was 21. Mm -hmm. I was 21. My brother was my best friend. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, leading up to Prodigy's passing, um, it you don't get used to it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You, you never get used to it because, I mean, I knew Prodigy since I was 15 years old, mm -hmm. you know, and so I basically grew up with Prodigy, you know what I'm saying? Um, and he was like a brother to me, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It definitely, my brother's death didn't prepare me for that. I just mm -hmm. think that when you lose somebody close, it's just always a different, genuine feeling, you know, so, and you, you learn how to deal with it. No doubt. Well, I appreciate you being vulnerable and, and sharing your story with us and talking to us about all this. No doubt. Um, Prodigy was dealing with health issues, mm -hmm. uh, sickle cell for the whole career, for his whole life, right? right? Yeah. Um, in what ways did that shape him having to deal with these health issues, shape how Mob Deep had to move in a space where people don't have a lot of respect for someone who might be dealing with something like that? Well, you know, Prodigy really didn't promote uh, him, his his uh, ailment too mm -hmm. much, his, you know, his sickness. It was it was privy to us because we was around him, so we really didn't promote it. I mean, like that. So we didn't really have to uh, move in a different type of way. Mm -hmm. But I will say that uh, when he would get sick, sometimes we would be on the road, or you know, so we would have to like cancel shows sometimes, mm -hmm. or I would have to perform by myself, or if we were shooting a video and he got sick, we would have to postpone the video. You know, think so. We but we learned to work around it because. It's one of those uh, things that it could come out of nowhere, mm -hmm. you know, those sickle cell crises. And, um, you know, we just learned to live with it. Yeah. Your story reminds me of um, Q-Tip and Fife. Right. Because Fife had them health issues. Yeah, I could imagine. Diabetes, and there was times when they're on the road. You know, I remember watching um, Dennis Miller live, mm -hmm. and I was excited to see Tropical mm -hmm. Quest perform, and mm -hmm. they was like, you know, Fife is not here. What happened to him? And mm -hmm. Tip and Ali, it looked hard on them mm -hmm. to have to still do that show, because at mm -hmm. that point, you young... Mm -hmm. You know, at this age, right. we know what's more important than the business. Mm -hmm. But when you're young, it feels like, man, this is our shot. I mean, it's right. crazy now because I don't even fuck with Dennis Miller. I don't even like him as a... <laughs> I used to watch that not live, of course, you know what I'm saying? But and, uh, on a political spectrum, I, we don't agree. You right. know what I'm saying? But I remember, like, that, that was a big deal to me. Wow, hip-hop is on Dennis Miller. Mm -hmm. Hip-hop mm -hmm. is on Late Night. And um, Fife and Tip had some internal issues. Mm. Doc, well documented. But right before Fife passed, 
him and Tip got together mm-hmm. and they started working on those internal issues mm-hmm. and they started working on music together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's similar with you and P. I was just about to say that. That mm-hmm. sounds similar to, you know, things that me and Prodigy went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that when you start a group so young, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you're in your teenage years and then you become men. You know, it's only natural that, like, y'all become who y'all are and y'all might become, like, different people. Mm-hmm. Y'all might have the same, you know, common goals mm-hmm. and y'all, y'all like music and all that, but y'all, y'all becoming men, so y'all have your own different priorities. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So y'all kind of grow apart, but you're still brothers. So, you know, me and P had our differences, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Absolutely. But we always kept the group going, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? For the sake of the group, we kept the group going. And we could tolerate each other, you know what I'm saying? Because they was just differences you know what Mm -hmm. i mean some you know at at one point it did come to a a, a crazy head you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um where i probably jumped out the window with things but Mm -hmm. you know i apologize i forgave myself for it and um and i spoke to Pete about it and we continued on with the group took a little hiatus and um it's crazy because right before he passed and i know this sounds like cliche-ish but Mm -hmm. i i promise you like Days before he passed, me and him had gotten closer than we ever gotten before. Right. I mean, we was in Whole Foods shopping for, you know what I'm saying, good food. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, salads and all that crazy right. stuff. And, you know, boom, a couple of days later, he passed away. So, you know, I look at it like, you know, his spirit, you know, his soul must have knew that it was going. And mm-hmm. he was just, you know what I'm saying, like really connecting with me on a level from the beginning of when we met, it's like I I felt that vibe from him like when I first met him, like how we was just meeting each other on the weekends, just mm-hmm. hanging out, like on some like bro shit, like, you know what I mean? And uh, I was happy to share that moment with him before he passed. And, you know, I always uh, love him and I'll miss him. That's beautiful. That's right. beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. A prodigy is so important to hip hop. Uh, what he has added to the game uh, cannot be understated no. in any way. Um, and then, you know, shout out to Tribe Core Quest because it's like, yeah. even with that, like when I listen to those five bars on that last mm-hmm. Tribe Core Quest album, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. on that album. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, it was supposed to happen this way. You know, mm-hmm. Everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Q-Tip was hovering around all over the infamous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Drink Away the Pain is such a great metaphorical song. What can you tell me about working with Q-Tip in the era and what you might have learned from him? Well, you know, working with Q-Tip back then in those days, it was like truly like a, a, a blessing for me because, you know, I really didn't know too much about production. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just knew what I saw and I would just try to copy it. Mm-hmm. So for him to come around and help me with the production was just like, it was priceless. And, you know, that's what brothers do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He came through. He's like, I got you. You know what I mean? You know, he would throw me some samples and, and you know, and I, I would watch him do the drums and, mm-hmm. you know, because I was a super fan of Tropical Quest, period. We all was. Their music was, yeah. like, sharp as a tack, like, you know, those snares and everything. So, you know, I already was just enamored by a- anything that he did. So mm-hmm. to have him come through, you know, I, I, I absorbed it like a sponge and, and I never, I'll never forget it. And he is, is the coolest most down to earth person as yeah. you know. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You worked with him. Yes. And there's nobody like Q Tip. So I it was no wonder Tribe Core Quest was the way they was mm-hmm. and as successful as they was. You know, look at the elements within the group, you know what I'm saying? Right. Fife, Q Tip, Ali, Shaheen Muhammad, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Word up. Shout out to Jerobi too. Right, Jerobi. Jerobi Robe. Word, word. The Jedi. Jirobi. Word. 
I'm realizing now that's why Queens be winning in the hip hop so. Why? Because every other borough was like really fragmented with their crews. Mm. And now I'm learning that Cubes and LP just be sneaking into the session here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As Queens MCs, it's always a shout out for another Queen MC. Yeah. It's a very tight circle as far as Queens MCs go. I agree, and it's not just Queensbridge, but right, it's no, right, the whole Queens. Like the whole Queens. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Um, let's talk juvenile health for a second, because mm-hmm. he just brought up Large Professor. Mm-hmm. And Large Professor and Primo was yeah. working on juvenile health. Yes. I feel like that's an underrated project. Absolutely. It, it, it totally was. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have it no other way, because it, it, it helped us learn right mm-hmm. we learned a, we weren't we learned a valuable lesson um we had the likes of large professor primo you know early on getting the record deal primo will come to the crib and pro- to prodigy's crib in long island and just chill with us and vibe with us you know people don't do that these days you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying just to you know they just want to check they want to sell you a b get the money and then boom but mm-hmm. you know primo will come vibe with us large professor was throwing his you know, professionalism down, you know, and, you know, they they, they kind of showed us the ropes for what would be to come later on. It makes sense that y'all sound, starting with them two, makes sense. Um, you had a sickle on the album cover. Where you get a sickle from? You know, when you're a fan of hip-hop, when uh-huh. you're a student of hip-hop, you look at the hip-hop and you like, I P. This is what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get the sickle. <laughs> so, because, you know, early on, we was looking at a couple of the fads that was out there, you know, like Tretch with the, I guess it was a machete it's or Tretch something. The, yeah, he had the machete. And, and he had the, the padlock. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, but he did. Yeah. He walked around with the... He would so, perform with it. RZA so, had the sword. Right, right. So, you know, that was the age of the... <laughs> Not the props. The age of the props. (laughs) You know, who got the props? Right. So, you know, that was a grand idea. And those things, man, those things could kill somebody. Like, they was actually made. I was like... That's what the Grim Reaper carried. Yeah, today, those... The the nigga Def carried that shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's the weapon of choice of (laughs) Def. Def's weapon of choice. I I feel like in that era... Y'all also helped to make Timberlands popular because y'all had the Absolutely. Timberlands on full display on the album word. cover. Straight up. It, was there ever like, I remember seeing in like Rap Masters a word up, Bismarcky with the 40 Belows up yep, to here. Yeah. But I, what, before that, I, I don't remember the first time I seen Tim's like prominently displayed. Right. And, and, and they did not cut the check. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, nah, man. They, they didn't cut the check, but, uh, you know, later on they caught on. Mm-hmm. A little too late, but it is what it is. Um, Tim's, you know, as you know, in the hood, we love our Tim's. You know what I'm saying? Before that, it was the insulated boots, mm-hmm. but uh, Tim's was definitely a part of hip-hop culture. No doubt. Now, if you went to high school in New York City, the scariest place in the world was Spofford. Mm, yes. And y'all talk about Spofford on this album, and that's a deep cut. You got a Word. song called Locked to Spofford. Word. And the rhyme scheme on it early with the, with the. so in the meantime, I got an ox in my pocket. Right. Because I'm locked in Spofford. That's Word. an ill Word. bar. You know what I'm Word. saying? It takes us behind the scenes because, mm-hmm. like, for people who don't know, Spofford was like a jail, but for the youth. Yeah, right. Um, right. What made you want to detail that element? Uh, well, you know, a lot of my friends... Mm-hmm got locked locked up and was sent to spot fit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, after the stories they was telling me, that's definitely a, a place I didn't want to go to. Right. 
but it was something. <laughs> and that I never went to, but right. I mean, I heard so many stories. Mm-hmm. I, I visualized it. I, I pretty much knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And we, we all, all of us from the hood, we kind of know. We know mm-hmm. some friends that was bad, and they, mm-hmm. they went through there, and they came back, and they told the stories. And a lot of the stories involved them having the razors in their mouth, mm-hmm. having to spit them and cut people. And some of them, our friends coming home with cuts on their faces. Right. You know, uh, so that, that was something that, uh, you know, as a poetical prophet, we are going to... I like the callback. So, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we are going to talk about and we're going to, you know, right. shed light on situations like that because, you know, somebody in probably Kansas or, you know, mm-hmm. Ca- Cali probably didn't hear the, those kind of places. So we was just painting a picture of where we lived. Spafford was like a literal juvenile hell. Word. And what was great about that record is that the record is gangsters, it's violent, but it's also like y'all kids on this record. So you're talking about what kids would talk about, like the peer pressure record. Right. It was a very responsible record. Because mm-hmm. it's like y'all understand the context mm-hmm. of why we going through this. Um, let's talk about the infamous, though. Mm-hmm. Tell me if I'm correct with this, but the infamous is sort of the exception to the rule, whereas a lot of times the people involved in the label side of things get involved and they mess up the project. But I feel like with the infamous from Steve Rifkin to mm-hmm. Scott Freed and Matty C, that their involvement actually helped the project. Do you agree? Right. I, I would agree 100%, mm-hmm. 1,000%. Uh, our premise, you know, to sign into Loud Records, Steve Rifkin told us wholeheartedly from the beginning that uh, he would let us, we have full reins to do whatever we wanted mm-hmm. to do. Right. But then at the same token, we had Scott Free and Manny C, mm-hmm. who was assisting us in creating an album. And like I said, I, I didn't know too much about production. Mm-hmm. So to have Scott Free and Maddie C kind of like, you know, helping me and guiding me, like they took me to my first record convention to buy, you know, samples, you know what I mean? Like vinyl, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and without them taking me there, there wouldn't be a Shook Ones record because mm-hmm. that's where I got the break drum for mm-hmm. Shook Ones. So their involvement was uh, priceless. Yeah, and that's that's rare because most times industry dudes be corny. You know? <laughs> for real, these dudes added on in the Word. right way. And Word. Shook Ones, I mean, that's such a iconic record. That might be one of the best <laughs> or just best music records that's of all time. No, that, that record to me is like top 10. Yeah, records. yeah. And, I, and I'm happy that I Met Prodigy and told him. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I met him and I told him because wherever you're at, when you play that record, I'm going crazy. Me by myself, <laughs> I'm, I'm singing all the rhymes. I got the cup in my hand, like mm-hmm. the video. I'm like, right, you know, <laughs> the cup, everything, the everything cup. that Prodigy did. <laughs> I right, Thank you. I agree with you. I mean, tell it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's one of the best songs. Period. Yeah, despite the genre. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It holds yeah, up with Bob Dylan and all of them. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Y'all made the stove famous. But you know that's part two. That's not the original. Right, right, no, right, right. I heard that on Stretch, Stretch of My Beat mm-hmm. when I first heard it. Right. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, what is this? Stab your nose, stab your brain with your nose, nose bone. bone. Yeah. Very visual. P. Uh, Painting them real pictures. Yeah. How did you feel when you saw how Shook Ones was utilized in Eight Mile? Oh man, I I was open. You know what I mean? Just to just to put it simple, I I was open because um at that point I wasn't really used to our records being inside of movies. You know what I mean? And I didn't know too much about Eminem's background mm-hmm. as 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 a real true like hip hop person like that. He really liked the hip hop like that. Um, so to to see it in this movie, I. I think I heard about it first before I even saw it in the movie. And you know what I'm saying? I I, I was I, I was happy. That's one of the most iconic 
hip hop movie scenes and the like the like the, the what Eminem's rhyme choices were just the energy of the, the mm-hmm. crowd like and mm-hmm. that was a real the hip hop shop and and proof and that whole Detroit mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. like they was really barring each other out over that beat mm-hmm. so that was a real thing for them that Word. they 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 documented very well in that movie Word. and yeah. I, you know I definitely appreciated that no doubt you your lyrics what you say another check another check <laughs> your lyrics on survival of the fittest another great song are super dope and I felt like these lyrics are foundational to what hip hop has become. Mm-hmm. When worse come to worse, my people come first. Word. You know what I'm saying? Word. Shout out to Alchemist and Dilated and you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting about that song. I spoke to you, I said, where, where do you stay? You said, I stay out the way, right? <laughs> but you know, on that song, yes. no matter how much loot I get, I'm staying, staying in, in the, the projects. projects. I remember listening to that Lyric, that was Cap. It's Cap. He feels like that now. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> thinking back on that lyric when I wrote it, when I said it, I literally meant that. You meant yeah. that. <laughs> At the time, you're I really... You're looking around, <laughs> your, your perspective. Right, right. This is it. Like, yeah, I'm staying here. Like, yeah. fuck that, I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? We was a little bit famous. I ain't had no problems, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was still in the projects, so I was like, yeah, I'm staying here. I, I couldn't imagine living outside of the projects. That's crazy. At that time, I couldn't imagine it. That's like a psychological hornishness. Word. I couldn't even... <laughs> because you can't, you can't strive for what you can't see. Right. And that's why representation right. matters. That's why for it's sure. important for people to get out and for see sure. things. For if sure. you don't see it, you don't know it exists. Word. It's a city within a city. Within a city. Within you a realize city. it's one of the largest public housing in, in the world, mm-hmm. right? So It makes sense it, it to, makes at, sense. at that age. And like, that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Going across the Queens Bridge is <laughs> right. like going from Brooklyn to Queens. Like it's a mm-hmm. whole different way. By the time you get to get in minds with 13... You say phase one executed. I'm out of the projects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was growth on that. On yeah, that no, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was growth because now I'm older, and then you know, <clears throat> you know, a lot of friends, you know, dropped off. If you could even call them that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. A lot of a lot of the crew dropped off, and I, you know, I found myself uh, just wanting more than a lot of of the people I was around. Mm-hmm. Were you had a question earlier? We was upstairs talking about nicknames. <laughs> and Walla had and all these type of names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all Queensbridge brothers just yeah. have a famous thing about that. But the best part about it is that it's like sharing it with the world, making your own people famous is really unique and dope, mm-hmm. in my in my opinion. Nah, the, your QB was one of those places, even I was bugging at some of the names that they would come up with. Like, one of the... You know, homeboys that used to hang with us, we used to call him Free High. Yeah, and, and you could imagine why we called him Free High, because every time he come around, he don't pay for the weed, but he wants some weed. He want to get high for free. free high. So his name was Free High. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like, one of those in every crew. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But yeah. 20 years later, you walk down the street. Yo, Free High. Yo, Free High. <laughs> now, we're gonna stay on the infamous for a second. There's a lot of other things I want to ask you about, but there's so much going on on this record. Mm. Eye for an eye is like a perfect hip hop melding of the minds. Yasin Bey, shout out to Yasin Bey. You was talking about how much you like the Black Star album. Hell when yeah. we perform, one of the things we do is we do the hook for Eye for an Eye oh, wow. on the, in the Black Star yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. Um, those drums, bro. What was up with them drums? Yo, you know what I mean. I, I, I was a student of you know Q-Tip, Lars Professor. Uh, Primo and you know the drums is one of those things that 
I really paid attention to mm-hmm. more than anything because I seen them doing that. You know what I mean? They they was they used to mess with the drums a lot, so the drums was important to me, and so I just was just creating drums like that sometimes. What do you think of this? style that's going on that's like ushered in by people like Alchemist and Planet mm-hmm. Asia and mm-hmm. of course Griselda with the no drums and getting to the mm. loops. At first at first I couldn't understand it. You know what I mean? I was like, that's lazy. You know what the I mean? Drums. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even finish making a beat. But then I got it. But then but then I got it. You know why I got mm-hmm. it? Because after a while you get fucking tired of always throwing drums to the beats. It's like and you don't even know if you're gonna use it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like I right, just loop that shit up. Throw it there. Loop it up. Throw it there. You know what I mean? And then after a while, if the artist coming through late, you're like, yo, what's up? No, 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 don't throw the drums to that. Just let's rock to it. And it become it becomes its own genre. Yeah. I mean, you are an MC, a classic MC, so you know at a certain point, I think what made Griselda successful, part of what and, and Planet Asia and certain mm. other people who did that style, is at a certain point, dudes who grew up listening to Nas Mob Deep and Woo yeah. was like I'm not even trying to be on the radio. Mm-hmm, I, if mm-hmm, I get in the club, fine. Mm-hmm, I'll go through the club mm-hmm, for a bag, but I'm not. My focus right. is not. I need to sh- kiss the babies and shake hands with the DJs. Right. I just want you to hear these bars. That's it. And if well, the focus is the bars, I don't need the drums. Right. It becomes more of a spoken word thing. Well, just right. listen to me. Right. I need y'all to. And and that element became appreciated. I went to a Rock Marciano West Side Gun show. I think a Sony Hall a few years ago before the pandemic. And Green Lantern was spinning. Mm-hmm. Now Green Lantern is a great DJ. He could do he could do grimy New York shit. He mm-hmm. made the champions here for Jada yep. Kiss. But he also had moved to Atlanta at the start of the trap music. And he's a very good trap music DJ. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Green Lantern could play all different types of styles. Mm-hmm. So when I see him DJ at his party, I'm thinking he's gonna keep the party live. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I could go trap, I could go to New right. York, I'll play some dip sets, some some mob mm-hmm. deep, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting was because it was a Griselda audience who didn't really care about mm-hmm. the clubbing, mm-hmm. he was able to play different. And what he did was he played a lot of Mob Deep. Mm-hmm. He played a lot of the infamous, a lot of Woo. But mm-hmm. you know how a New York DJ or a DJ in a club will play the hook and get out, or play right. the hook and the verse and get out. Right. He played the whole song. Wow. And the audience was singing the whole no. song, and this was revolutionary no. to me. Beef was there. Me and Beef was standing in the back drinking wine. And I was like, yo... This audience, Wait, mm-hmm. we were drinking wine. <laughs> yeah, I did, because I, I ordered. I was trying not to drink liquor that night, and I remember, I remember this because right. a dude walked by me like, "Oh, Tyler Quali, I see you on that wine shit." I remember that. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, I'm sitting there, pinky out <laughs> at the Griselda show." But Green Lantern, what was crazy to me is watching. These kids, and not all mm-hmm. of them is my age, some of the younger, yeah. sing along with the words. And I'm yep. like, this is different. Yep. And I yep. want to thank Griselda and for ushering Hell that back yeah. in. Hell yeah. I mean, that that right, that right there is like, I didn't, now your love for hip hop is like renewed. Not like you never lost it, but sometimes when you hear the current state of things and you're mm-hmm. like, damn, you, you know, you don't get a chance to hear that. So for them to, to gravitate towards that, uh, level of, of hip-hop that's in its essence is just like, damn, like, what? Yeah. yeah, now, a song I will never get tired of and I can't get enough of is Right Back At You. Mm. Again, mm. another monster track. Mm. Uh, Prodigy comes with a verse for the ages. Word. And of course, you come with Fuck Where You At, Kid, Is Where You From. Right. Where I'm from, niggas pack nothing but the big guns. That, that whole banging Nas, Mob Deep, and Woo 
Like, do you ever feel like people sleep on you as a lyricist? Oh, absolutely, okay. for sure. <laughs> for sure, because I, I, I be writing my heart out, you know what I mean? <laughs> in, in my mind, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But um, when you rapping with heavy hitters all day long, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's tough, you know what I'm saying? You got to be in that ring sparring all day long. Yeah. Rhyming with Prodigy, you know what I'm saying? Having Raekwon and Ghost on the record, you know what I mean? It's like, you know what I'm saying? You... You, you, like, look at me, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> look at me. I can rob, too. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Can I say this to you? Because uh, I don't know if you know, but this is the show about giving you the flowers. We have never heard of whack happen. Oh, never. thank you. Thank you. Never. Thank you. Never. I know all the words, like, know, never. Most importantly, yeah. his voice. That's a, that's a, the key balance of, like, a lot of listening hip-hop. There's some rappers have a, you have a voice, probably got a voice. Mm. Like, everybody that's special has a voice. So mm. once you have a voice, in my opinion, mm. and you can say something, you build money. And you know what's crazy about Mob Deep is not only did they have good voices, but they were young dudes, fresh, fresh, that fresh out of teenagerism, yeah. sound like grown ass men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Word. I'm gonna tell you when I when I knew it was the truth with Mob, I was like this because they went microphone masters versus DOS effects. Mm-hmm. I was like this. All right, let's see. And they put the body out there, and Dos was putting it work. Word. They, they put the body. I remember that. Word. Word. That yeah, I I I loved working with Dos Effects because they was like icons to us in the hood. You know what I mean? I you know I remember dreaming of getting on, and then to do a record with Dos that was crazy. But you know, going back to the lyrics and being overlooked, I don't think it was a bad problem to have because I was rapping with dudes that was like heavy hitters. You know what I mean? So, you know, if when any any time that I rhymed, you know what I'm saying, I, I I filled my my game. I was on my A game because I, I used to just be rapping along with these heavyweights. Yeah, you're like, go ahead and sleep on me. <laughs> Word, straight yeah. up. Don't you think also about, because you're a producer also, they, they kind of put you in that box too? Because you're, yeah. but not, because you're a really good producer. So they'll be like, I think he's a better producer than a rapper type shit, right? I, you know, I, at times it's almost like they they don't acknowledge either either both because I think that when I rhyme, they forget that I make wow. beats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I make the beats, they forget that I rhyme. That's how, like, you, you know that's how good you are. So though. it's like everything's canceling yeah. everything out. That's, that's how you too you too good. <laughs> wow, yeah. It's also, it's also the wrong people at giving analysis because when you check out the composition without your addition to it, the song not as dope. Right, so I you agree. really need the full package. You need the music as well as your lyrics because it, it takes a full package for there to be a mob deep. It's not mm. just people not really looking at it. Word, mm. word. Now, on this show, a name that comes up a lot is Chris Lighty, mm. and um, we like to document his history from road managing from the Jungle Brothers yep. and being involved in the start of Native Tongues and yep. the Violators holding down Red Alert to him making a splash in the music business with artists like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share with us your memories of Violator and Chris Lighty? Um, my memories of Violator and Chris Lighty are good memories. You know, uh, Chris helped us out a lot. You know, um, he took us to, you know, different levels, uh, different heights that we, we probably wouldn't have gotten to if Chris wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. You know, he was hands-on. He cared. Violator was a very professional uh, management team, you know what I mean? And I remember Chris Lighty from the Jungle Brothers, baby Chris, baby, right. you know what I mean? I remember Road him. Road manager Chris, baby yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, baby band Chris. I remember him from that. And 
uh, Chris Lighty was just like super intelligent, and I, I, I he knew hip hop like the back of his hands. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm happy to have been able to work with Chris. You know, another brother I miss. No doubt. If he was here today, I, I'd be calling him, like asking for his advice. You know, right? Recipes, Chris Lighty. One of my favorite Mob Deep records is "It's Mine." Mm. With Nas, shout out to Nasty Nas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, when Nas and Mob Deep link up, mm. it's like magic, bro. Mm. Talk about the video. It's, the video is crazy. <laughs> it looked like a, it was Hype Williams. Looked like a two million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah, it probably island, cost like that much. <laughs> right, Hype put about a million in his pocket. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hype, you know, you gotta come on the show. I'm just joking, Hype Williams. Um, but it had to look cinematic because you sample in Scarface. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit a little bit about not just the influence of Scarface, but mm-hmm. more than any group, Mob Deep brought the whole cinematic gangster mob mm-hmm, movie mm-hmm. shit to wax. So from Scarface to Once Upon a Time in America mm-hmm, right. to Godfather to Godfather Part, part Three. Right. Um, tell me how gangster movies and the music and the sounds in the gangster movies inspired you. I mean, you know, the way they inspired me, because it's like a, a, a lot of times those stories are like rag to riches stories, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You see Tony Montana came from nothing, went to blow up, you know, basically. When the world you, is yours. Yeah, the, the world is yours, right. you know what I mean? And, and the hood is the same way, right? You know, dudes on the corner trying to sell right. until they can make it to a key, and then they, you know, living this extravagant life. And hip-hop, you know, you start off small, you want to mm-hmm. be a big success story. So just watching it, you watching it over and over and over and over again, and then I just started noticing the music, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I'm surprised nobody never sampled that shit before. Like, right. I, I mean, I mean, I'm really, really, really was truly surprised that nobody never sampled it. But I, I had it in my head with the Benita Apple drum drums, mm-hmm. and uh, I just put that. What's the name together. of that dude, Giorgio Mor- Morata or something Mor- like that? Mordere, Mor- yeah, I don't yeah, know how to say it. Yeah. Say it. Morota. Yeah. Thank you, Donna. Yeah, Giorgio Morota. Yeah. Where's yeah. he from? I think it's it, 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 Italian. Italy. That's why you Italy. gotta say the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Italian in the room was like, it's Moroni. <laughs> now, I got a friend named Sporty that I grew up with. You know Sporty, right? <laughs> this is my man I grew up with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he ended up nowadays he's like running in Brooklyn for city council as a Republican. Oh. He's like a Trump dude. Okay. It's it's fucked up. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's the worst. It's the worst with this shit. Fucking sporty. But um back then, I'll never forget it was me, Rubik's Juju, my man Lewis, and Sporty sitting, listening to Mob Deep music. Hell on Earth, it just came out. And we smoking in my basement, in my parents' basement, and we vibing out. And Sporty was like, yo. We have to stop listening to this. I'm like, why? He's like, this devil music. Y'all niggas is evil and worshiping the devil. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, the music is too violent and dark. I'm like, yo, sporty is art. Like, you don't, I'll never forget that. He turned it off. Like, we have to stop listening. It started preaching to us. So. Somebody want to hear that shit. I was like, tell me you don't get art without telling me you don't get art. But did people ever expect y'all to be so violent and dark because of some of the stuff that was represented in the music? Nah, I don't think people expected it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, because for a little while, you know, we couldn't even get a deal because of it because we were so young and we was like, you know, the lyrics was explicit and violent mm-hmm. and all of that. We couldn't get a deal. But, you know, later on we did, you know, with Loud Records, they just, you know, gave us free reign. But, I, I, you know, I'm not sure people expected it, but 
I, I, I do think it kind of like, you know, stopped us from going through certain doors, you know mm. what I mean, certain times. And you know how this industry like to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we had a hard time with it. Word. Shout out to the little Duns. Word. I say that because <laughs> of on Quiet Storm um, and the remix Prodigy's intro gives mm. the context for why yeah. the lyrics are so dark. You know, niggas is dead and shit. Mm -hmm. Some real shit. Mm -hmm. And what he's doing is in the coded coded language of the streets, he's talking about mental health and mm -hmm. why we are the way we are. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Brady Watt. Mm -hmm. You know, we mm -hmm. perform Quiet Storm with my band. We probably mm -hmm. do it tonight. You know what I'm like it's a part of our set. No doubt. Um, and of course, little Kim went crazy on the remix. Yeah. That yeah. kind of put Kim back in the position that she deserved to be in. Because mm -hmm. I think people was kind of sleeping on Kim or giving her a hard time at that mm -hmm. point. And her on the Quiet Storm remix put her right back. Um, so thank you for doing that record. Oh man, thank you to Kim, like mm -hmm. for even you know doing it with us. Mm -hmm. And speaking of like that mental health aspect of it. You spoke in interviews about having social anxiety mm -hmm, and going mm -hmm. to therapy about it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. On Infamy, Getaway, which is a great, great record, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like that's the beginning of y'all starting to deal with this. Like on mm -hmm, Hell on Earth, mm -hmm. you start to hear Prodigy become a little bit more, more conscious mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you start talking about certain certain mm -hmm. stuff. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. these brothers got knowledge. Right. And then by Infamy, mm -hmm. which I think is this a conscious choice? I feel like you are go first on every song on that album. Uh, you know what? I just was finishing my lyrics faster. He was you in know? the lab. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it wasn't like we set it up like that, but it was, you know, whoever finished they round first hit the booth. You know what right. I mean? So I was just, was, my pen was just going crazy, so. I'm glad you broke, uh, broke that down. But yeah, with the social anxiety, like, yeah. I speak to the importance of going to therapy because it really helped you out, right? Yeah, it, it did help me out because it, it, it got a chance to... Uh, me to face certain fears that really didn't exist. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It wasn't, it was just me speculating in my head all the time and, mm -hmm. you know, not wanting to really be around crowds too much. You know what I mean? And, and plus, you know, when you're growing up in a hood and you, you forced to be around so many people, it's like, you know, after a while you want to become a recluse. So uh, me personally, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I, I just, you know, I stayed away from crowds for a long time. Thank you for coming out to this crowd. <laughs> no doubt. And doing this with us. Um, the Learning, such a great beat to burn. Shout out to Thank Big you. Noid. Yes. He killed that mm -hmm. as he mm -hmm. does. Like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you don't think I live a pop life now? Wait, you could get pop right I remember, now. I remember when I heard that on Flex play that a million times when it mm -hmm. first came out. Mm -hmm. That's, mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, what is this? It's like, because you I haven't heard Mob in a minute. Mm -hmm. And he came out, I'm like, they did it again. They did it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Shout out to K Slay as well. Oh, yeah. K Word. K Slay. But that song got revamped as a classic because Flex put it on for Black Thought and he does this freestyle. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. it becomes the best freestyle of all time. Word. Over your beat. He went crazy. What'd you think when you first heard that? What was going on? I just was like, God damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the first time we heard 400 bars. Yeah. I, but, you know, like, I, Black Thought is a superhero, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I Not agree. even because he did it over that beat, but, you know, the brother is ill with the fucking lyrics, you know what I'm saying? He's like a lyrical genius, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, man, all y'all, you know what I'm saying? You, Most Def, is like my favorite lyricist. And I, I'm not even saying that because I'm here. I really mean that. Like, I appreciate I, I, that. I, you know what I'm saying? I fuck with Black Star. I, I fuck with, uh, you know, Black Thought. And, um, yeah, The Roots. Yeah, that's, that's my shit. 
Philly, <laughs> Philly, relax. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. crazy to me that your tracks and your beats represent hip hop so much that from Shook Ones and Eight Mile to Black Thought and Flex, they represent these tentpole moments in our culture where it's like, okay, if we really want to represent hip hop, mm-hmm. we got to get on one of these Havoc mm-hmm. beats. Mm-hmm. Right. Got to get on right. one of these beats. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's the beats that they got. Right. Now throw your hands, find you working with Kanye West, mm-hmm. right. aka Ye. Right. One of my right. good friends. Kanye loves Hitler. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. You this leads you to produ- producing real friends. Mm-hmm. Segue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and famous, which real friends is a great beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's fire. Yeah. Um, this is I don't think people give you enough props for this. I mean, Famous is such a great beat. Real Friends is such a great beat, but you also did Why by Jada Kiss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You yeah. also did Last Days by Notorious mm-hmm. B.I.G. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are your favorite tracks that you've done outside of Mob Deep? Uh, the favorite tracks that I've done outside of Mob Deep, I will have to say, um, you know, a few records that I did for 50 and definitely Why. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because uh, a lot of people didn't even know that I did the track. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And 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 that's one of those records that you know uh, Jada Kiss went platinum with that effort. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? With that album. I'm not saying that the song made him go platinum, but I mean it was big. It, you know, Anthony Hamilton sounded great yeah. on it. The remix was crazy. Right. Yeah. So you know that that's definitely one of my favorite records that I produced outside of Mob Deep. Right. Now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like you, by name, were directly targeted in the Jay-Z prodigy beef. Right. And But what was going through your head when that was happening? Uh, yeah, I was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I never wanted beef with Jay-Z, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because he's somebody that, you know what I'm saying, throughout my career and throughout his career, somebody that I admire. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I, I loved his work ethic. I loved his music. So to end up uh, him kind of like beefing with Prodigy and the spillover was Mob Deep. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, it was kind of in my mind, it was kind of fucked up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I wasn't mad at Jay or nothing like that. But it would be one of those things, like if I saw Jay, it's like I feel like I got beef with somebody I don't got beef with. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's just a corny, real straight corny feeling. You know what I mean? Um but at the end of the day, you know what I mean. I had to stand with my comrade, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and 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 have his back, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, and I did, you know what I mean. And even Prodigy knows that, you know. I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying. That's one of those things that we really don't want. But um, we ended up speaking with Jay, you know, anyway, and working with him indirectly with an artist that he wanted us to work with. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of squash. But you know, at the end of the day, to answer your question. It wasn't a good feeling. That's what's the craziest thing about beef is that the worst beef is when you beefing over something that you don't actually feel. Right. Like I don't actually feel this way. Y'all, you angry about me at me about something I don't actually feel. <laughs> right. Um, because that's what the that Connecticut shit is. You right. know what I'm saying? Like on this podcast, mm-hmm. I was joking and I was like, man, fuck Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And a bunch mm-hmm. of Connecticut rappers right. got mad and made diss mm-hmm. records. Right. And I'm like, yo, I don't really mean that. Right. So y'all angry at me for something that I like if I, cause I'm, I, mm-hmm. I don't imply shit, and I, mm-hmm. I say what I mean. Mm-hmm. If I meant that, I would stand on it. Right, right. But it's not. I can't stand on that. Right. Um, New York City was live at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, Prodigy mm-hmm. was live. You know, mm-hmm. Nas was mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Queens was 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 live. Queens get the money. Mm-hmm. Ask Russell Simmons. How did you meet up with Fifty and end up working with G Unit then? 
Well, you know, before 50 kind of like came out and before Loud kind of folded, I was about to start working on a, a solo album that never happened, right? Mm. Um, we was working on some mob deep music, but then I started working on Havoc songs. And um, 50 was bubbling on the mixtape scene, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And he was one of my favorite uh, MCs at the time. So I told uh, Chris Lighty, like, yo, I want to get this this dude 50 Cent on, you know what I'm saying, one of my records. And come to find out that Chris Lighty was managing him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know that because he, he got him in the studio the next day. So we did like two songs. That was that. And uh, 50 told me that he was going to meet with Eminem, like, or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, and Dr. Dre. I was like, oh, shit, that's going to be crazy. So that was that. And then, you know, two years later, I, 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 I didn't see 50 after that. You know what I mean? And two years later, he became, you know, 50 yeah. Cent, huge, large. Um, and then uh, things was happening with Mob Deep. Loud folded. We signed a job. Mm -hmm. We sold a hundred. Did you ever get at Britney? <laughs> nah, I never. I never. I never. I never, I never got the chance. I never, I never got the chance. Because that's why y'all signed the job. Yeah, I'm that, just saying. That would have been perfect. That, that would have been perfect too, right? <laughs> that was the. That yeah, I, I said that in the lyric. Um, yeah, I meant it too. But nah, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, so we got we we sold 150,000 records on Job. That wasn't good enough for Job, but we know today that was magnificent, right? right. 150,000 records out the gate. Um, Job dropped us, and then 50 gave me a call on my phone, like maybe a couple of weeks later, and was like, "Yo, this is 50." I thought it was somebody was just playing a prank, but it was him. He said he wanted to sign us. One thing led to another, and we signed to G Unit. I feel like that was a good partnership. I I, I liked it. Yeah, I feel like G Unit that energy you know, came from that mob deep energy. So it was like paying it forward. It's like, yo, I got to, or paying it backward or whatever. Love like. is always love. I'm, the whole time he's been sitting, every story he's told, it's 360 and it all revolved around love. Mm -hmm. right. Now, Prodigy ended up going to jail. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. The safest crack project. That's sort of y'all talking about this. Got the interviews with Envy and dealing with this. Mm -hmm. How did him getting locked up at that time affect the group? Uh, you know, Without P, there is no more thing, mm. right? So, you know, that was like, it was unfortunate. But more than, you know, fuck the group. Mm -hmm. I felt bad that my bro was going to jail. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he got sick of cell. Mm -hmm. He got to go to jail. You know what I mean? I just felt bad because at first he was trying to beat the charge. Yeah. But I was like, you know, like, I don't know, son. Because, you know, you got caught with a couple of other things before mm -hmm. and I don't think they having it this time and you know whatever the ramifications of the situation just didn't look too good and he went to jail yeah. you know what I mean that that was that was tough on everybody you know what I mean he, yeah. he, you know so you know we was just out here just you know doing what we could do while he was gone you know what I mean he stayed busy though while locked up yeah I, apparently you know what I'm saying yeah, he came out with a whole book you yeah, know what I'm saying <laughs> word he was doing interviews and yeah. the whole shit yeah he, the studio. he said no I'm headed to the publisher word word um, he was when he got locked up for that time he was with Alchemist at the time right yeah shout out to Alchemist um, you and him got a great album together. thank you thank you um, the smooth ride shit is dope mm. uh, buck 50s and bullet wounds that shit mm. is whew. word I like that shit Al, Al's a beast yeah shout out to Flea Lord mm -hmm. um the project in the name of Prodigy go hard, yeah. and it's very impressive because he did twelve albums that year. Yeah, that was the twelfth one, yeah. and it still was fresh and vibrant. Right. And you got 
Conway and Raekwon and Buster. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Ransom. He on that. Me and Ransom mm-hmm. got one. Ransom, what's up? Let's get mm-hmm. that one out. Um, but you started doing these records uh, with Dark Low and Flea Lord and Styles mm-hmm, P, and, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful album, doing whole albums with people. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you start doing that? Uh, just to be more active. And plus, those are artists that I respected. They, I, I respected their skill level. And all, as, as, as artists, I respected them and mm-hmm. what they were trying to do. And, you know, I wanted to kind of, you know, be a little bit more active because mm-hmm. I got like a ton of beats in my computer right. just sitting there collecting dust. So, right. you know, I'm like, man, put these just to use, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, the world is better for it because these are incredible projects, especially that wreckage ran up with Styles P. Styles P, of course, me and him got a group together. Yep. He's the hardest out. Um, that hymn to him is is crazy. Yeah, thank and you. Nightmares to Dreams. These are good records, big, big records. And I encourage hip-hop fans, if they're not up on this Word. album, Check to listen out. to this album. Um, it's been an honor sitting with you. I just want to oh, know man. what else you got next for the people? Um, well, you know, I'm 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 always working, constantly working. Um, I got a joint with Meth Man coming out soon. It's an album? Yeah, an album. I produced the whole album. You know Done. what I mean? Um Excuse me. Done. <laughs> huh? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I did the gutter with um with, with RJ oh, okay. Payne and, okay. and Razkaz and Razkaz. Okay. I got that. Razkaz is just hovering around this whole site. <laughs> um and I'm actively working on a Mob Deep album now, as we wow. speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was your prodigy vocals? I, I, yeah, the, the the family blessed me with with a, with a bunch of vocals, and uh, as soon as I leave here, I'm going back to work. That's like, big to news. Work on that, yeah. Well, the People's Party is happy to have the legend, the icon, Havoc. Thank you. In the house. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.